Woo! There he is. What's up, Casey? What's up, Welcome to the show, brother. It's uh, good to be back. Have I been gone? No, I'm just welcoming you. Oh. Can I not welcome you? You can welcome me. It's good to have you. Good to have you. We appreciate if you project a little bit. <laughs> Why? The mic's so it's crispy. Good. It's good to have you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just feeling here. Yeah, you know, just, um, my name's Casey, and this is what I sound like on the podcast, <laughs> and I just, you know. But then sometimes I get really passionate, Uh-oh. and then... Well, but then you sometimes know, I just talk like this because that's who I am. <laughs> maybe you should control the levels a little better. That's not my fault. <laughs> Technical difficulty. I have to add compression. Why don't you have to Martha up those yeah, that's soundboard, right. dude. That's how I roll. Here we are. We, uh, we're we coming back off of... Uh, this is our third week in a row recording because we did a um, bonus episode Man, with I Pastor Deon Gates. Give me more, bro. Yeah, it was good stuff, right? Yeah, come on. Every week, you're down. Every dang week. Yeah, that's what's up. Two times on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me what's happening this weekend. Oh man, dude, we're go- we're we're going out there. We're starting the ministry. Well, uh, actually, at this point, if you're listening, it'll be will have been last weekend. If you're live, it's this weekend. Correct. If you're listening Monday, it's last weekend. Right. So maybe you guys should go, you know, live more often so that. We're what do you mean? Check us out on Facebook. Correct. Was that your social media promo? That was. That was good stuff. Yeah, because otherwise you're going to be a week behind. Right. Going to Colorado. Correct. Man, I'm so. We've been waiting for how long for this trip? What was it, October? I think September, so. October? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Dude, the time is nigh. <laughs> it is the upon trip us. is nigh. The it hike is, is nigh. Us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. But no, I'm, I'm excited, man. We got a couple more days and we're, we're hitting the road, dude. Get yes, this, sir. Get this, the, uh, get the, this ministry. The off official the beginning of Ascension Ministry of Broken Men. The litmus test, man. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It is gonna be good, man. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm excited that we're doing, you know, the videoing and the programming and everything else like that. We're gonna try to really get this getting off the ground. We got a couple people that want to partner with us as well, you know. So it's getting good. Yeah. The Ascension Ministry is coming. It's coming. It's coming down the pike, as they say. I always thought it was coming down the pipe. Which kind of so makes too. sense too, like a turd, like <laughs> flush it, just coming down just the pipe. Coming straight Here down it comes, pipe. down the pipe. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Do you to remember me. that movie Half Baked? Uh, where he Miss, yeah. Mr. Nice Guy shows up he's like I'm here about the empty pipes <laughs> I mean it's you know it's been so long since I've, I've repented and yeah, so since then can't remember and you've you've purged your brain from such filth yeah <laughs> bless her the pure in heart bro yeah for they shall see God they shall see God yeah. awesome good to be here good to be here we got a guest on yeah. man go for it you do it hands down hands my, down what my, one of my favorite pastors I think the goat <laughs> If we're, I'd go so far as to say the goat, for sure. The goodest of all time. <laughs> the goodest, the good, or would it be the load, the least of all time? That way he can be the greatest. He can be the greatest. There yeah. you go. The, That's what I'm talking about. The least yeah. of all pastors. <laughs> he is <laughs> small in stature, but a heavyweight in the spirit, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Jewett. Jeff Jewett, get on that mic, brother. Say hi. <laughs> good to see y'all. Good pastor, to see you, man. Pastor yeah. Jeff Jewett. PJ. Yeah. That's Peach is what I call him. I Watch. appreciate this guy's good looks and intellect. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the best of both worlds. The best of both. I, See, some t- some people choose books, others choose looks. He's got both. So. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, I I watched the uh, podcast live last week. That was great. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dion. Yeah. Dion, Dion, Dion it was, is, he's it was amazing. It was awesome. Do you know so. Pastor Dion personally? We've met a couple of times, but no, I mean, no real interaction. Okay. But, yeah. I just wondered. Yeah. Wasn't sure. Yeah. 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 He's a great dude. He was man. great. I've he known is. him for nearly a decade at this point. He was one of the first pastors I met when I came to town. Hmm. And we just kept in touch. I yeah, really dude. appreciate him. And yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't checked out that bonus episode titled mm-hmm. I Can't Breathe with Pastor Deion Gates, go check it out. Yeah. He's a pastor, man of God, 
retired law enforcement officer and brought some really good perspective to the, uh, yeah. the race conversation. That was a man that changed some things, man, in my life, you know, I just, yeah, the way, just, the way that I was thinking. And like, I, you know, I've texted him the next day. I was like, bro, I got to get involved, you know, with many mm-hmm. places if they're doing anything. He's like, I'll keep you informed. Brother. Like, that's what I'm talking about. So man, it was a great episode. I felt, mm-hmm. I, I was telling Jeff Jewett before the, before I was like, man, I felt completely out of my lane, dude. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I really did, <laughs> you know? So I was just like, man, I because be of quiet. your looks, not because of your books. Correct. Well, yeah. I had no books in that, in that category. Right. So <laughs> no yeah. books, no, no books, yeah. no books whatsoever. The other day somebody posted something. No, no, no. I was watching clueless. You remember that movie? <laughs> no. Okay. Give me a break. You remember clueless. Come was on. With that chick? Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, there you go. Come on. Yeah. Every nineties boys crush. Right. But anyways, somebody said duckets. <laughs> duckets? I hadn't heard that in a long time. You're the guy that I know that says duckets. So I actually had to look it up, and it was like some European gold coin called a ducket. So anyways. I, I didn't even I know just that. wanted I just to remind you it. that you always say getting duckets, like making the bank. Yeah. I just so, said it. So we digress. Yeah. Pastor Jeff's here yeah, tonight. Man, we haven't had you on a, in a long time. Why don't you, why don't you been, give us a little bit of it's been good. What, what's been it's happening? It's been good not, not being on, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I've enjoyed watching it, but uh, man, um, what's been going on? Um, you you had some hard stuff come up. Oh yeah, hell stuff. Do you stuff. want that to be public? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it kind of is. Um, yeah, telling him to check his heart, bro. Well, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> um, heart of stone, heart of flesh. Okay. Ezekiel thirty six, thirty seven. But uh, um, yeah, I had some hell stuff. It's been going on a while, but uh, but I've been working on. I've been in school, been working on some things there. And so, uh, continuing education. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you, are you going for a degree? Yeah. I'll be finishing up this year with a master's of divinity. So, yeah. That's how you know you Interesting. made it. <laughs> yeah. Put that on the fridge, homie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put that on the fridge with a magnet. Like, like my ABC, kid drew a rainbow. The, the ABC, right. the ABC stick, magnets. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. stick that up on the fridge. It's yeah. about what it's good for. Yeah. <laughs> that and a buck 20 I, will get you a cup of coffee. So. I don't know why I'm thinking of this stuff, but I was watching some movie and the guy walked into, Oh, it was called uh, garden state. The movie was oh, Zach gosh. Graff and he walks into the psychologist's office and he sits down and he's looking at the wall and the entire wall is covered with all of these certificates and awards and education and all that stuff, diplomas. And there's so much space or so many on the wall that he actually put one on the ceiling kind of facing <laughs> down. So he's looking around and he just looks up and there's one on the ceiling too. So you ought to put your... Uh, Masters of Divinity on the ceiling. Nope. It'll go in a filing cabinet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. You're not trying to nah. throw that piece of paper around. Nah. Nah. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So, the other day I just messaged the guys and I said, hey, I want to tackle the topic on unconditional love. What's and that about? Yeah. Casey just says, me too. I was just thinking about it, man. Mm-hmm. Like. So just real quick, thank you for coming in last minute because I know you got the text message like yeah, scrolled, three hours ago. I, sc- I scrolled to the Rolodex of heavy hitters and he was the one that answered. So. He was the only one that was <laughs> on the Rolodex of heavy hitters. That's not true. <laughs> oh, okay. I've got pastors on deck, bro. He was the only one that was in the Rolodex of least of all time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The loat. <laughs> the loat. But the in the load. kingdom of heaven, <laughs> the first. Yeah. Uh, so I've been, I was reading through some Romans. And you know, Romans is always good. Bromans um, is a good book, dude. Bromans. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Bromans and countrymen, lend me thine ears. And so, you know, Romans 7, 8, 9, just heavy hitting chapters and just looking at law and, and love and forgiveness. 
mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just thought, man, like mm-hmm. here's really what I was thinking. So there's this scripture and maybe I ought to just look it up and this can be our jumping off point. We'll, we'll jump off in Romans. Um, I have to find it. It was Romans seven. Oh gosh. It talks about the law basically increasing. Okay. But sin Romans seven, eight, but sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment produced in me all kinds of covetousness for apart from the law, sin lies dead. So, um, basically Paul, let me back up. Paul says, um, what then shall we say that the law is sin by no means yet if I had not been, if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin for, I would not have known that it, what it is to covet. If the law had not said, you shall not covet. And I just started thinking about that. Like, the, the law and the command in and of itself was not bad, but sin sees the desire of the commandment coming forth and, pro- and produce sin. So the law alone was holy and perfect. So it's not that the law was sinful. It's that sin sees the moment by essentially hijacking that situation. Yeah. And so there's this idea of, you know, death then coming from that sin. And I've just started thinking about the conditions that we've placed on people Mm -hmm. that the moment we then begin to speak out some sort of condition or standard Mm -hmm. or expectation, Mm -hmm. we've already set them up for failure and for sin to exist. And then for death to exist, that, that commandment and that expectation, that sin uses that. Absolutely. And there's, there's a context in which these things can function and exist in a holy way within the context of love. And so I started thinking about, unconditional love without conditions and just how we place conditions on people all the time as to whether or not they're worthy of our love Mm -hmm. or, and so then there's the question like, how do you love somebody, but not support the things they do? Like, I love you, but I don't like what you do. That kind of situation. So I'm just thinking about all that. Just want to throw that out here and you guys have at it. You know, all of our relationships, all of them, are conditional to some extent. We're always wrestling with that or against that. Um, there's not, I mean, I, I was thinking about it on my way here. I love my kids unconditionally. Yet, even in those very unconditional relationships, there are conditions that are law placed upon that. Right. You know, I mean, um, it, there is this both and that is occurring. And so to speak of God is uh, with unconditional love is to see God that both is over, above, and beyond the law, the law that he gave. His law is covenant. His law is not um, his law is not the the thing that precipitates sin. It didn't even cause it. And that's not what Romans seven is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so the law comes as a way for us to experience the unconditional love hmm. because we find the bro- we find in the brokenness that the law reveals the thing uh, that's separating us from that unconditional love wow and so law comes not as the fix but as almost like a um, a light shining so that so that the very thing that doesn't seem loving is the most loving thing 
That's so backwards. <laughs> yeah, you had to break that down for me. My, yeah. my brain just, my brain just, yeah, my brain just melted. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you can't see, you can't fix what's broken if you don't know what's broken. Right. Uh, that makes and, sense. And that's what law is doing. And exposes the brokenness. Right. Yeah. Law is exposing the brokenness. Um, see, I think some of the problem, especially when we start talking about conditionality in and unconditionality in God. Some of the problem is the way that we define sin. Um, I'm from a Wesleyan tradition. So um, so John Wesley, right? Um, it, sin is a willful transgression against the known law of God. Uh, we would talk about sins of omission, sins of commission, right? It, what it all boils down to, it, regardless of where you land, in, in nearly all evangelical circles— um, in nearly all Protestant circles, sin is an individual event, purely, pure and simple, right? You inherit this thing that makes you want to do a thing, and then you finally do the thing, and you screw up everything. <laughs> right. Um, and so sin is this very individual event um, where that's not what the Bible talks about. Yes, there is the individual participation in it, but sin is a disease. Yeah. And it permeates all of creation, all of all everything and so it's not just this individual thing when we talk about the unconditionality of god the unconditional love of god um it's not just what is he doing to reconcile me personally mm -hmm. it's what is he doing to reconcile all things Everybody, right? yeah and ephesians um you know talks about him being the head and all things are are reconciled to him, to him yeah. um, under one head, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I'd like to, I'd like to back it up, um, a little bit and I back it up, back it, back in. it up, back, pack it up, pack it in. Let me <laughs> begin. <clears throat> I came to win battle me. That's a sin. sin. Yeah, that's right. See? Oh my gosh. Oh, got it. Jeez. Even yeah. the freaking Pringles knows what's up. <laughs> and now I'm playing scenes of happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've caused him to sin. I suck. So, let, let's talk about that. Um, Adam and Eve, the garden, mm -hmm. first sin, original sin, whatever you want to call it. What happened there? Mm -hmm. Because I think when we start talking about sin and we start talking about law, we're talking about good and evil. What's mm -hmm. right? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. That's mere morality. Yeah. And, and to be fair, or to just to kind of throw this out there. And one, one thing that I, I liked what Watchman Nee had said about the state of mankind before the fall was that essentially man was amoral, you know, when God had created him, knowing neither of those things. There were no morals. Well, they were amoral. Without. Correct. Because, because, they, because they didn't know anything because their, their dependence was strictly everything that mm -hmm. they did. Everything was like probably even down to their breathing was dependent solely on the, on the Lord. Everything that mm -hmm. they did came through him. It was to return to him and it was for him, you know, but he was, he was just making, he was making the point that before, before that, before that fall, that they were amoral in that sense. Would you agree with that, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it deals with the Imago Dei, the image of God. Um, that they were reflecting his image. I, I don't know. You know, we talk so much about worship and things um, as this conscious thing. They dwelt in the reality of God as this daily 
just it was just who they were and who they are. And there was no conscious or unconscious component. It was just the ontology, just the being. being. Yeah. It was just pure being. And so by the time we get to the garden, what that has to do with is, or when we get to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, what that has to do with is not just, them taking a fruit. Don't take the fruit. I'm going to take the fruit, right? It's not just about the act. It has more to do with their distrust in a sense of God's goodness. Hmm. Um, they're taking for themselves what belongs to God, not just his identity, but their personal value. They make themselves something that they were never meant to be. Essentially, they become less human. It, mm. This always bugs me because we, we, we so often say, well, I'm only human. Um, no, we're subhuman. <clears throat> we're becoming human when right. we become like Christ. Because human was created perfect. So, well, and it, with a propensity to sin or well, an ability to sin. Yeah. And, and perfect. I, I don't, we have such Western categories with that word. Um, Whole? Whole, whole would be better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the Eastern. Um, yeah, perfect in the Western world tends to think in categories of there's nothing to add to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something to add. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, even in creation, um, we always talk about the garden and all of this being perfect. Mm-hmm. Yet God said, very first command: be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Why would you subdue Something a perfect? Was... Hmm. There was an element of uncreativeness. It was perfectly subduable. Yes, but that was their <laughs> that was their vocation. That was their job. That was their yeah. identity. Yeah. Essentially, what he's saying is, I've put my identity in you, and I've put you in my creation to be my identity within creation. Within creation, yeah. the Imago Dei. And so now, here's the model. Here's the garden in Eden. Um, and you've seen this, I've done this for you. Now you do this for the rest of creation. You steward it, you take care of it. Um, and so when we talk about the unconditional love of God, it is always, it, it always begins in that spot in the image of God, because, um, even in creation, even with Adam and Eve, it is not good that man should be alone. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. right. It, it's always right. been so, in community. Yeah. Um, Connection. Yeah. And so love, the unconditionality, unconditionality of God is Trinitarian. It's communal. It is creative. It is vocational. Um, it's all, it's missional. It's mm-hmm. all of these things. Right. And so. It's a deep sense of interconnectivity, you know, and, I, and I've mm-hmm. been thinking about this for a while now, like what, ha- what happened when, you know, original sin or whatever happened was it was, you know, cause mankind in the garden was in perfect connection with God. They were in perfect connection with creation and they were in perfect connection with each other. And so I feel, or at least it, I think in my mind that when we love others, you know what I mean? Despite, despite, you know, the shortcomings or what we think we are, we are establishing, reestablishing that connection. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. what you were saying, like, I've done this for you, do this to others, you know, mm-hmm. in the Imago Dei, you know. Imago Dei being image of God. Correct. That's, yeah. Jeff just likes to use Latin terms because mm-hmm. he's super smart. <laughs> I bueno. just. Bueno. 
Man, I struggle. I, I, I struggle, man, in in my life personally, and just seeing things around me, man, about about just the like when, when we're talking about conditions, you know what I mean? The con- mm-hmm. the conditionality of whether or not I can or will, you know, love you, and so and so in my mind. I think that we treat it like a, like a commodity to be bought and sold. You know, we, we, we treat love, love, we treat love as a commodity to be bought and sold based off of, Mm -hmm. and the self-righteous people Mm -hmm. resonate with this one. It's my (laughs) worth. Okay. My self-worth me being myself, my, the way that I view myself. Okay. So if we think about it, about a banking transaction, like here we are, okay. We establish the cap, we establish the ceiling. This is how much love I am able to put out. And so there's this verse in Romans that talks about, Oh no, Oh no man, anything except love, Mm -hmm. but we get that twisted. So what we do is we say, when I give you my love, you are indebted to me. Mm -hmm. You have a debt to pay to me Mm -hmm. for my love because we set ourselves above other people. And I see this constantly, you know, and, and, and especially within the church sometimes as well. It's like, you know, the self-righteous mindset, this, you know, determining and saying that it's okay to, 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 to be all about yourself first, you know, yeah. you need to take care of yourself first. And so, right. but yeah, we've treated that as a transaction, you know, as a yeah. debt that is owed to us because I'm giving you my love. And once the, right. once, you know, and so they keep withdrawing and withdrawing, withdrawing, you know what I mean? Until they hit the ceiling and then you get to pop out and, and, and dip out on somebody, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that connectivity, man, like, gosh, love is so, is, is so much deeper, you know what I mean? And it establishes that connection and it, it's like, God help it us. Man. It's it, like, God help us, man, it, for, for what we've done. Well, lo- love covers a multitude of sins. Absolutely. So it removes all of the offense, all of the condition, all of the mm. expectation, all of the things that have gotten between you and an individual and with Yahweh, a people group. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that he ever stopped loving us. It's that he disapproved of the actions yeah. But and, but even in our darkest moments, he still chose to reestablish connection right, with right, us right. because he wanted to be right. with so that is love. Establishing connection despite the many sins of these people. I am mm-hmm. God and yeah. therefore my purpose will stand and this love will conquer the multitude so, of sins. So what and, the Lord did is or what I what I'd like to bring attention to is that you know, there was the sin, the eating of the of the tree uh, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then there's that situation, but then we get proto evangelion, the very first instance mm-hmm. of the gospel mm-hmm. where he says that he's going to crush the head of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see that one is going to come. That's going to defeat the enemy. That is the one who was the adversary, the advocate for sin. And then we get Christ, the advocate who is our lawyer <laughs> essentially in heaven to the father and he intercedes day and night for us now. So there's that, that reestablishing of that connection, that forgiveness. Yeah. So that proto evangelion was the Lord essentially deciding how he was going to respond to sin at that point in there and sin thereafter. And so just the point that I want to make is that he was then saying, I will unconditionally love you and I'm going to reestablish that. And so I think that when we unconditionally love people, we find ourselves in a place where we are deciding how we're going to treat them even after the offense happens right. or before the offense happens. It's a premeditated action based on their actions. It's mm-hmm. a premeditated response based on their actions, right? So regardless of how, what you do or what you say, and this is what 
you know, we, we say marriages and love, right. Till death do us part, like right. regardless in sickness and health, those things. And so we're trying to decide and attempting to make those decisions beforehand by saying those vows essentially. Right. Right. That's, and we can exist that way in relationship with anybody really. Mm-hmm. We should, but and we should, but it's, it's saying, I choose to love whoever this politician, regardless of what they do or how they act. Now we can, yeah, we can have, we can have opinions about their actions, but we can decide our heart posture towards them even before. But, but look at, look at the model of Christ. Um, love, Unconditional love is always seeking reconciliation. It's always seeking the relationship. Reconciliatory. Right. Um, that's, um, that is... Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, that is key because there is nothing... How to say this? There is nothing I can do to make God not love me. Hmm. Um, now, I, I know you could you could throw up a litany of verses, not as many as you think, but a few. (sighs) Jacob, I have loved. Esau, I have hated. Things Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. Um, But... Well, was it... That was a a like a decision. It was about choosing. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it it falls in the same vein of Jesus saying, you know, um, if anyone would come after me, he must hate his mother and father right. his, you know it's the same Choose, yeah. it's that same kind of concept mm-hmm. um but um but but god's god's love is always seeking reconciliation it's not just simply i love you from a distance never ever ever, ever mm-hmm. in in god sure i mean um, well, let's just throw it out there so i just recently read an article by a guy named keith giles and we actually had him on the podcast at one at one point in time and he wrote an article about um, the statement he made was essentially I'm called to love the people that Jesus died for or something like that. And he died for everybody. So I'm called to love everybody. Mm-hmm. And so he said, and I've had to come to, to grips with the idea that like, I really don't like president Trump. Right. And he had a lot of mean things to say about him. But then he also said, I have to figure out how to have love the Christ like love toward him in my heart. So how do you, in that situation, bring about reconciliation like Mm -hmm. it there's a fence i mean what kind of flesh that out for me how do we practically maybe with people from far off like man from a distance that guy Um, yeah one of the things one of the things that um i i'm not very good at but i i i will repeat um like i am good at it but um i learned some years ago you can't hate someone you're praying for Hmm. not praying about but praying for that's good praying for them as their advocate, right? Here's Christ seated at the right hand of the father as our advocate. We are seated. Ephesians tells us in Christ, in Christ, which means we are in a sense advocates for our brothers. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes, I am like an intercessory yeah. prayer kind of situation. But you're praying for them, mm-hmm. for them, not about not them. Not about them. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, okay, so I can still be angry and idealize my own anger and and ideas and concepts about these people from a distance, and I can love them and mm, hate is too strong of a word, but I can love them and hate them at the same time, or certainly their actions. 
The problem I run into are the ones that are close by, the mm-hmm. personal offenses, mm. right? I mean, you hurt me. I want nothing to do with you because right. it hurts. Yeah. And that's not love because yeah. love keeps no record of wrongs. And so that's where I struggle. And I think that's where most people struggle because we can deal with it in concepts of ideals and a lot of shoulds. But in the practicality of things, it's a completely different thing. So that that scripture always gets me. Love keeps no record of wrongs. And Mm -hmm. I always go back to like, you know, if I'm trying to argue a point to make myself be in the right position, well, then that's unloving. Because to make me right means to make you wrong, and that means to keep re- to make a record of it. But quit trying to be right and start being righteous. Right. It, <laughs> yes. Yes. So we can rec- recognize wrongdoing. Is it just that the offense is then disconnected from the wrongdoing? Like I can, I can remember the time that Jeff really hurt me, Mm -hmm. but if my heart has healed and I've forgiven and there's no offense anymore, have I done a good job of not keeping record of wrong or should I just forgive and forget Uh, as many say? The forgive and forget is a myth. Um, It's a, we totally missed it. It's a, it's a myth even in the point, missed it, missed it entirely. Um, but it's even a myth in, in the Godhead, um, you know, he says things like, well, I will separate uh, your sins. sins as far as the East is from the West. Um, a lot of allegory in that. And um, and there's a difference. I always say there's a difference between forgetting and choosing not to remember. Right. And one is a mm. one is an active, ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. The but other's the, amnesia. Right. <laughs> that's that's yeah. I've set my keys if, down. If God knows all things, how does he forget our sins? Right. And that's not what he's saying, is that he has forgotten. He's saying he chooses not to remember, which is a completely different thing. Um, And so, and and what's proof of this? Jesus Christ has scars, Hmm. right? He has scars. Put your hands in my side and in my my hands. Um, So if he forgot the offense, Mm -hmm. he'd be looking at his hands going, how did those get there? (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> like this resurrected body is a little dinged up what happened there's a there's like two and a half days i have no memory of yeah, exactly. you know <laughs> so um why is everybody tripping yeah. so the the fact that there is reconciliation is proof that he remembers mm-hmm. but that there is no uh, that the offense itself is not as great as the love mm, um man. And that, and, and, and we mix up the love of God and the wrath of God when wrath itself is even, it is love. Um, I had, I heard someone once call it ferocious love. And Mm. I, I think I like that. Um, Mm. and so, um, yeah, I, I've been thinking a lot about this. In fact, uh, Casey, when we talked earlier, this thought has been with me all day. Um, mm. Maybe it was in preparation for this, but um, early this morning, um, or was it yesterday morning? I got a I got a text from Casey about faith, mm. and um, didn't know. It really had no answer for it. And so if you don't have an answer for it, you change the question. <laughs> and that's kind of what I did. And and so I, I was uh, grappling with it. And the thought that kept coming back into my mind, and I, I had to write it down, is that um, if we are created in the image of God, 
scripture says. If we are created in the image of God, then God loves us, me, you, God loves us the same way that God loves God's self. Hmm. And I don't know what to do with that. I, at first, when that, that thought popped into my head, I thought, man, that, that sounds almost heretical. But, but, that's, but then you look at the instructions of Christ and how we are to love each other. And it's that exact same way. Right. Mm-hmm. Love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Christ did. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you th- think about that. So you think about God, the way God loves. This is why I say it's Trinitarian. The way that the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father, and the Father loves the Spirit, and the Spirit loves the Son, and you know, and all of that interrelated communal love. Um, you think about how that happens or try to wrap your head around that. And then you say, God loves you the same way and put yourself right in the middle of that. That, um, it's overwhelming. It's too big to think about. So there, you know, when I looked up, I posted something the other day about, I don't know how to say the Greek word. It's like agapeo or agapeo mm-hmm. or something like that. Agape love sure. essentially. Yeah. Cause you know, whenever we have the love conversation, my wife is really keen on, on bringing up the definitions, there's actually four different words for love. Sure. And that one is not in the scriptures, which is Eros, which means like a, a passionate, like physical. You were going to say sexual. I can say sexual. Sexual. <laughs> yeah. Sexy time. Sexy time. Love erotic Eros love. Eros. Yes. So then there's Phileo, Phileo and Storge, right? Philadelphia, a city of brotherly love. Storge is a familial family love mm-hmm. and agape is unconditional. And when I looked that up, part of the definition was like, a, it's preferential, mm-hmm. like for the Lord to prefer you. And it kind of started thinking about that. Like, yeah, he, the Lord would say, I, I prefer you. Mm-hmm. What is that? You know, how do you, what is that? Yeah. You know, where does that, where, how do you, how do you kind of break that apart? But I, I want to ask the question because you were talking about loving self, you know, love others as you love yourself. How do you love self? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? By loving others. Um, Love always points in another direction. Um, That's why, that's why God is Trinity. First, what? First John four, eight. That's why God is love. How do you say God is love? If God is singular Mm -hmm. within God's self, Mm Mm-hmm right? God's community. Mm-hmm. God's always giving. Um, one of my favorite images by the artist Scott Erickson um, shows this. Love that, dude. Yeah. In fact, this image is permanently placed on my body. Um, oh, you have a tattoo of it? Yeah. You did it? Not large. You got a Scott Erickson? Large. The Trinity? Or the Trinity? Yeah. Oh, the, the Trinity. It was Trinity. the cup. It was the cup pouring the cup into the pouring. Yeah. The, it was, it's pretty it's sweet. A, it's a round table. Uh-huh. And you see each, you see the hands and the torso of each person of the Trinity. So the Father, the Spirit has, you know, you can tell which is which. Christ has the scars. But there's three cups and each hand is holding a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. But each bottle is pouring into the next one's the next cup. cup. So it's just this Yeah, so each cup is being filled. Pouring of, but it's yeah. this pouring out, this continual pouring out in the other. 
And the beauty of community, the beauty of love, is that when you pour out in the other, you are poured into. And I was I was thinking about this concept too. I was thinking about the way that we love versus <clears throat> um, having the love of God within us, mm-hmm. right? And I I went back to I remember you talking about the well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I had this kind of not really a vision but a thought. I was like, man, we as people, when we love out of ourselves, we're loving from a reservoir. Mm-hmm. Eventually that's going to go dry, you know, but loving the from God, from the source is like a well, you know what right. I mean? It's like once you pull out a pull out a pail of it, it enters back in. It's how a well works, you know? Right. And, and, and when you had told me about that, that blew my mind. I was like, man, like in, in the giving of yourself always because you're because it and so it's really where are you placing who are you where are you loving from Mm -hmm. you know are you loving from your own reservoirs because eventually that will run dry and 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 the thing is is that there are thirsty people out here man right and they need love they're alcoholics they're addicts there are people that are going to wake up tomorrow morning and coming off of a bender that needs somebody to reach down there and tell them that they're worth it to tell them that they've always been worth it Mm -hmm. they're worth it now and they will always be worth it the, the problem is, is that we put the stipulations on it. We look at those kind of people and we say, oh, you know, that's, and this is kind of like what Dion was talking about with, right. with the Samaritan. We literally see a dying man in the road and rather than help him, we step over the top of him because it would be too inconvenient for us mm-hmm. to dirty our hands. Yeah. You know, and, and that's such a personal thing. Can you imagine these people that already feel that way about themselves? And now we're going to go ahead and lord that over them mm-hmm. when our self-righteousness and our lack of love, our lack of love comes from one place. Jesus talked about it. it's a hardness of heart. You know, I heard a pastor when I was in Teen Challenge said something that was very profound to me at the time, which was, and, and even still, it said a heart can only be broken if it's hard. If it's mm. soft, it can mm. be torn, but it can be mended. Mm-hmm. A heart can only be broken if it's hard. Mm. And so... I'm thinking about this, about the hardness of the hardness of our hearts, you know, um, and and where we get off. But I, I, I was thinking about this one thing because obviously I'm a tree guy, you know, and mm-hmm. and everything. A lot of things that I think about, they, they come from this one place, this ever flowing, you know, just creative. I mean, trees like everything. They teach me so much. And I'm thinking about. As I, after you told me about the the topic, I I instantly went to that verse in Ephesians: be rooted yeah. in love. Yeah. So what we have in 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 arbor culture is calling is called you know the right tree for the right site, and soil is actually the most important aspect of a tree's growth. Not light, not anything. It's actually the soil. Mm-hmm. And so as I think about. Yes, be rooted in love, God's love. But the love that we give to other people is, is this is from our heart, right? And we have to give them a place for them to grow. Mm. Okay. Mm. Now, if you think about it, soils, the aggregates in the soils, whether they are too far apart or they're packed t- tightly together. Now, if they're packed too tightly together, it's clay. Clay, mm-hmm. clay soil. And what that does is it doesn't allow the roots to the penetrate. Roots, yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't, it doesn't allow for deep, 
deep growth. Mm -hmm. And so I think about this and I, and I, and I, and a lot of times when I'm pruning, I'm pruning, I'm looking at this thing and you said something to me that was really profound too, which was that we have a tendency to judge people where they are rather than where they will be. Mm -hmm. And in my Mm -hmm. mind, when I prune, I'm not pruning to meet some standard for the customer. When I'm in a tree and I'm pruning, I'm literally looking, the cuts that I make are dictated by what is going to happen. And so essentially it's creating space. Mm, that's it's, good. it's creating space and yeah. not space as an, okay, well, so you see, we, we can, we can create space from, by loving from a distance. It's not creating space. It's giving them a creative space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not loving. It's not giving them space from a distance at arm's length. Mm-hmm. It's, it's purposely intentfully creating a place for them to grow. Mm-hmm. And it is so true, man, that we do judge people on where they are mm-hmm. rather than where they yeah. are going to be. Right. Right. We, 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 we have this in our minds and, and so back to the soil, but you know, the, like the, the soils of our heart, man, that this is what it is, man. And we, we are to give people a love. We're to give people ourselves, man, because like we said, that's loving yourself is only established by loving others. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the place that we give other people and God calls us oaks to righteousness. Everything. He, a lot of so things good, that yeah. he talk, a lot of things that he talks about mm-hmm. are tree related, look to the earth. It'll teach you all things. Oh, when yeah. I think about the reproduction of, of trees, when I think about the reproductive of this entire planet, you know, so we, we have to give those space. We have to till up the soils of our heart. The problem is that our heart's hard. Now check this out. <clears throat> imagine a tree that doesn't have a good root system. So we have somebody in our life Mm -hmm. and we have not given them, we have not intentfully tilled the soils of our own heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we've planted them essentially in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people in the world, obviously you have your, you, you have people that are close to you. And so when we plant them in our lives, but we have a hard heart, we have a hard soil. Mm -hmm. We do not give them, them, we do not give them stability, mm-hmm. a place to grow. Yeah. Okay. Right. And eventually, you know, I've, I get called out on trees all the time that topple because they're, they're, they're in clay soils. Oh yeah. Roots couldn't go all the way out. So they had a real over. shallow yeah. root system. Mm-hmm. They just fall over, fall over. Yeah. And then we, we lord that whenever they fall over in our lives, you know what I mean? We're like, well, it's stupid. You know, you shouldn't have done it, whatever. But, but the point is, is man, like when, and, and another thing too is diseases, Diseases for the tree, a lot of them start in the soil. So, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of, and a lot of soils, they have, um, you know, fungi in them. They're just waiting to exploit, you know, a wound or something like that. But I was thinking about this concept about, you know, re- what leads to hate, you know what I mean? Because I've talked to this with both of you. I was like, hate, when you hate mm-hmm. somebody, mm-hmm. you kill them mm-hmm. in the context of the right, tree. Murdered them, yeah. So what leads to hate? So if I have a tree, somebody in my life, a gang of trees, if I have a forest of trees within my direct, within my direct circle of love mm-hmm. that I've given, mm-hmm. okay? Um, when we, resentment and bitterness, these things well up in us until they get to hate. Mm-hmm. And then hate causes death in that mm-hmm. individual, you know, but it starts in the soil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a disease that creeps up and creeps up and creeps up. Hate leads to res- resentment, leads to bitterness, mm-hmm. bitterness, resentment, 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 resentment. You did this, did this, did this, did this until it finally gets to hate, which leads to the death of the organism in your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, it's easy to get to that point because hate is a perversion of love. Mm-hmm. Um, so it happens without thought. 
right? We start in this basis of love. The people you hate the most are usually the people you started off loving the most. Right. Mm. <laughs> um, because of the amount of offense that is built up over well, time. Or, or or just because you had invested so much love in them, then when the offense came, it was it hurt that much deeper. Or there were a series of unmet, unrealistic, right. or unspoken expectations that yeah. they failed to meet, yeah. which was a conditional love yeah. to begin with. It was a conditional love. And so now that love has just twisted just a little bit, maybe a little at a time, a little at a time. So there's a sense where it almost feels the same, right? And that's why it sneaks up on us. It almost feels the same until it becomes this perverted thing. Mm -hmm. The opposite of of love is not hate. Mm -hmm. Hate is love perverted. The opposite of love is apathy. Apathy. Or I was going to say indifference. Indifference. I just don't even care. Mm. I think maybe you've said this before, something about like marriage counseling, like as long as they're fighting, there's still a chance mm, yeah. when they just stop fighting. Then, right. right. Yeah. And yeah. They, there's passion one way that's, or the other. That's good because, um, um, I've got, I, yeah, I've got to go home and resolve some things. No, um, <laughs> we're, <laughs> so we're still I, fighting. I, <laughs> but, so um, I, I, I feel like I still have the question, like what is love? And mm-hmm. I know that I can go to first Corinthians 13 and read all about it, but I'm still thinking about, you know, love isn't just tolerance. Mm-hmm. So like, let's just bring it up. Let's say LGBT mm-hmm. or pe- uh, abortion, those mm-hmm. kinds of things like advocates for abortion. It, you know, how do we right. love? So last week, what did Dion say? He, it was very practical. He said, eat dinner, break bread, mm-hmm. share a table. Like, don't just completely uproot them right. Well, from a... Because what we see so often is we see, and this is what's going on outside of our windows right now. We don't see a person, we see a group. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what a stereotype oh, yeah. is, right? right. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing to me, when you become acquainted with the person, your standard doesn't change, but your view of... The person that's in this, whatever it is, whether it's a lifestyle yeah. or a choice or whatever it is, um, you know, that's what changes. Um, I experienced this and it was, it was on, it was on accident. Honestly, it was because of an assignment at school, but, um, we had to do a kind of, a an interview of someone who was outside of, of our community of faith, outside of our very enclosed, encapsulated, and safe worlds. Did you interview a Catholic? No, no. Sorry. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> I go to mass. I go to mass at least twice a month. Anyway, so um, it was totally but, a joke, everybody. But um, AT dubs. Now, I I had been in a class with a um, a gal who was one of the first. Her and her wife were one of the first to be married legally in the state of Kansas. Oh. Um, and a couple of kids, all of this stuff. And so we had become kind of friends, but more acquaintances. And I called her and said, hey, I've got this assignment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you be, you know. Sure. And we sat down a couple of times and we met and then we started texting. And it was interesting. She started sharing her story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm from a tradition and and everything that that still holds a biblical bu- view of marriage mm-hmm. she knows that mm-hmm. um 
but we became friends. I, and I, I'm not just saying that. Jesus, <laughs> friend of sinners. Yeah, but I'm not just saying that like some nonchalant thing. Like um, before my last surgery, um, you know, I was filling out paperwork and, you know, advanced directives, all that stuff. And I'd written out my funeral order of worship. And I told my wife, I said, now... We're not doing an open mic free for all for people just to come up and talk. We're yeah. not doing that. I said, so just a few. And um, was I on there? And <laughs> different topic. But um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, but I said of this person, this gal that we've become friends, I said, she could speak. Hmm. So we become genuine friends. And it's interesting. Hmm. I can. I can still maintain my integrity, mm -hmm. my Christian faith, even my convictions, and still be good friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me that love rubs shoulders, you know what I mean, with... It's not, it's, it's not like focused to one people group or one entity. It's, mm -hmm. We're called to love everybody, mm -hmm. you know, and that love gets in and gets dirty because, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's easy for us, right? So it would be easy to, and that, that was a good, a good assignment. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. find somebody else and actually have a conversation with them because it's easy yeah. to push them out and say, no, because of our creed or race or religion or whatever, it's easy for us to put the hand out and say, don't come any, any closer, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Sinner, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but when you, when you, and that, again, love establishes connection. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's reconciliation. It's, it's regardless of whether or not you won them to the Lord, because your, your motive wasn't even to go in there to win them to the Lord. It was going right. in there to have a conversation and you got it. You gained something and you gained a person and you gained a friend from it, mm -hmm. you know, and that connection, man, yeah. is everything. And, and how often in my life I've even, you know what I mean? When I've stepped over th that person or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or made judgments on, and I try my best not to, yeah. you know, um, go, why, why do we feel the need to maybe preface or very quickly in some way, shape or form, let people who fall outside of our morality or idea of morality mm -hmm. or belief system or value system. Like, why do we have to let them know? Like, like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I don't really agree with what you're doing, but you well, know, like, yeah. what is that about? I find myself as a pastor letting the people around me know. Now I don't really agree with them, but, mm -hmm. um, it's safety. It is. is it, it's, it's absolutely it's it self-preservation. That's all it is. You're saving face. You're saving whatever. Um, and Jesus never did that. In fact, he died exactly for that. Um, yeah. You know, and I, this, one of the, one of the passages in scripture that we have misread. Oh, I think I know which one you're going to say. Matthew 25. Yeah. Oh man. We've misread it. We've got it. We've got it exactly wrong. Matthew 25, Jesus is talking. It's the, the parable of the sheep and the goats, right? He's separating mm. sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know it, um, he says, you know, to the sheep enter into your eternal reward because when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was thirsty, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, gave me mm -hmm. on and on and on. And then to the goats, he says, you know, away from me. I never knew you. Yep. And then the same thing. <clears throat> well, when did we do this? When didn't we do this? Mm -hmm. And he says, whenever you did this or didn't do this, and I'm quoting, 
unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it or did not do it unto me. Mm. Okay. Mm. You did it to me or you didn't do it to To me. me. Um, Now, what we've done with this passage and think of all of the sermons you've heard on this and the preachers is we preach it and we say, so when you go to these people, the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the the imprisoned, all of this, you're going to show them Jesus. And that's dead wrong. That is not what that passage says. The passage says, Mm -hmm. when you go to them, you're seeing Jesus. So in other words, you don't touch Jesus unless you touch the depraved. Dang. Because he says, that's where I am. I came to be in the least. Mm. And so we say from a distance, well, we're going to go with the self-righteous. That's pharisaical. That's that's right. We're going to go, we're going to show them what Jesus looks like. We're going to show them what love looks like. And and we've got it wrong. We're going to experience that love. To experience love. So so let me ask you this. Because we, we started off by talking about sin. Is there a need? And this is kind of based on my last question too. Like sitting down with this woman who is in a lifestyle that based on biblical tradition and understanding and values, morality, all that stuff. You don't agree with her lifestyle or what she's done, marriage, that kind of stuff. Like... Does love always expose what we think the wrongdoing is? Like in order to love somebody, do we have to tell them all the bad things we think they're doing according to the word of God? Yeah. Um, No. Short answer is no. Okay. Um, Because I I see this all over social media. I love you, so I'm going to tell you about all the ways you are living in sin. That's not love. All the ways you've missed the mark. That's not love. You know, and it came up again last week, speak the truth in love. I, I like, I like the idea of speak the truth because of love, Mm. right? Mm. Um, Love is our motivator. And so, so much of what, uh, of the crap, can I say crap? Okay. So much of- Say more than that, brother. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to. So much of what I see (laughs) There's freedom here. (laughs) uh, So much of what I see- Poopy. Yes. Hot, steamy, poopy. It's not love. It's not love. Like, you can tell. What's not love? Uh, so much of what I see on the internet and Facebook and the what I call um, Bible verse sniping, where we sit in our high ivory towers mm-hmm. with our Bible verses and we just start sniping people pew, 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 pew. with our with our little Bible verses, mm-hmm. like like yeah. a bunch of sp- spiritual English. Oh, so here's what happens though among Christians: if I could say something, my Christian brothers will say, "Oh, you recorded that out of context." But when we're sniping a sinner for yeah. their their yeah. actions. We take everything out of context. We have zero so. context of what it's like to be them. So why are we I, even, what, what, how, did, how do we know? Right. You know I, I mean? did something stupid the other day. I posted a link to Bible Hub, which has multiple mm-hmm. versions of the scriptures. I said, check out this verse in context. <laughs> like, here's the entire Bible. Yeah. If you want to talk about in context, let's right. talk about the entire narrative right. of scripture versus, yeah. well, if you read it in the chapter, no, let's look at the entire thing. Right. And it, it all fits. Yeah. And that's why, look at, look at what Jesus did. Jesus, Jesus never, get this, he never condemned the sinner. And in fact, he very rarely even brought out the sin. It was his presence somehow that revealed (sighs) Mm -hmm. Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus, Jesus didn't say, hey, 
dude, you've been robbing. Zacchaeus <laughs> was like, you know, he just, it came, you know, the woman caught in adultery. Everyone knew yeah. he didn't have to come and say, you, you pervert, you, hoe. Yeah. you know, that's um, right. Now he did say, so who condemns you? And yeah. Neither Nobody. do I. Yeah. Um, and go and sin no more. Yeah. The places he tends to condemn and have the harshest words are for the religious the leaders. self-righteous. Yes. Um, and so is it our place? Well, I guess if we are the Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, now, is there a time and a place? Do we stay silent? No, we don't stay silent. Yeah. Um, but love, right. love right. has to be the motivator. Well, the I can go many different ways with this. Love has to be the motivator. Jesus came full, perfectly, harmoniously, full of grace and and or grace and truth. Mm-hmm. So somehow we talk about truth and love or truth because of love. Some people say, well, the truth hurts or the harsh truth and that kind of stuff. But if you're bringing, I've always talked about like all truth and no love is really just like law. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like, whatever, all, all grace and no truth. It's like, well, you know, just go do whatever the heck you want kind yeah. of situation. It, you can't really exist mm-hmm. in those extremes. It's gotta be both mm-hmm. right. Truth and grace and truth at the same time. But I just, I, I wonder why we, th- we think that we need to tear people down in order to like introduce them to the love of Christ or well, the love of God. I'll like, tell you, I'll like tell I need you to tell you how terrible you right. are so that this love looks so amazing. This yeah. love can look so amazing and reveal. Mm-hmm. It's because it's because we don't want to die. Um, we would rather say Jesus died for your sins than to say, I'm going to carry my cross and die mm. alongside you. Mm. Um, hmm. Wow. You know, Jesus died for your sins, but right. not me. But not me. Jesus, it's I'm, the a cons- follow- it's, I'm a follower of Jesus. Jesus loves you, so I don't have to. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. But that's I've what it is. i somebody say that That's before. exactly what it yeah. is. That is exactly. Jesus' love covers yeah. everything. My responsibility to you, mm. Jesus did it, so I don't have to. It's like right. literally, like it's some twisted war. We are the continuation of his ministry and presence Correct. on the face of the and earth. Then, and you, in, in Corinthians, it says we are ambassadors as, as though God is making his appeal through us. Because right. he so is. We, are the ones because now. we are Christ because Christ is in us because it, because we are him he mm-hmm. is uh, well, the I mean, body that, not heretical but no but the sense sure. in the sense that he yeah. is, I am one with you you are one with me I am one in the father mm-hmm. you know I am in the father the father is in me you are in me therefore the father is in you it's this interconnectivity dang you know the church is the new hmm. epiphany of Christ in the world um, until his return the community of faith exist as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've always, I've always wanted to, you know, those name tags, hello, my name is mm-hmm. such and such. Right. Uh, shady. There's a, yeah, there's a, a kid in our church. Um, and, and he sees me and he, he always, he always says, Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Um, but, um, but I tell you what, him calling me Jesus makes me very aware of what I'm doing. Sure. And I've always wondered, what if we wore those name tags that oh, says, man. hello, my name is well, Jesus. Well, people would pronounce mine Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. They wouldn't, right. they wouldn't do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe they named their kid Jesus? The <laughs> audacity. That was, <clears throat> Mexicans that was, do it all the time. Jesus. Jesus. That was an, in, remember we were talking about the woman caught in adultery. 
And it was I love inter- that story, It bro. was interesting to me, and I brought this up. I was like, man, it's interesting that consequence was only going to come through the human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't EG. It the, conse- condemnation conse- the condemnation, the consequences the of her consequence. action yeah. were only, only going to be the, met through, the hands through human men. hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah violence, so, violence says, go to hell, and Jesus says, I'll go for you. So. so, so was it ever our job then to we use that too, to like dispense, he, to dispense consequence or condemnation? It's, it's not, I don't think that that's our job. Condemnation. No. Consequence. consequence maybe. Yeah. I mean, there is a law. And but so Jesus much, didn't say, are there, are there no consequences for your actions? He didn't ask that no, question. No, he, he knew there was on the yeah, condemnation. Yeah. Yeah, so Which condemn- would have led to a consequence. Condemnation. Because, man, we talk about self-righteous. Um, think about the messaging of the evangelical church that I know. Yeah. I'm talking in a broad capacity. The evan- evangelical church that I know says, accept Jesus. By the way, 80% of the world will not. God created them out of love. And the same God that created them out of love is going to send them to hell, mm-hmm. 80% of the world or whatever, right. make up a number. Yeah. Um, but, but we go through it and we're like, man, you know, 7 billion people and most of them are going to go to hell. And, you, and you're like, and God is an unconditional loving God. And you're like, how does that even... How does that work? And uh, it's self-righteousness. It is not our place to condemn. Mm. It is not oh, our... Oh, wow. You, wow. You, you see, but that's what Take we're doing. That. That's what we're doing. Take that. Um, and, and isn't it amazing, Jeez, Louise. but isn't that amazing never how, that. how we, we would say, oh, God's love is so good. God, what God did on the cross was so powerful, but most of the world's going to miss it. Like wh- what? We just handed, what did you just do? We just handed the devil most of the power. Yikes. Um, wow. and so when we talk about the unconditionality of God, it, it's not our place to condemn, um, so when I look at John 16, one of my favorite chapters, I just, I really enjoy the scriptures. I'll say that about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just talks about the spirit coming and he's going to be the one that's going to convince the world of mm-hmm. sin and righteousness and judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, uh, John sixteen eight, and when he comes, that is the spirit, the helper, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin, because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the father and you will see me no longer and concerning judgment because the rule of this world is judged. So basically Jesus saying, Hey, look, it's better that I go away. If not, then I wouldn't send this entity, (laughs) my spirit, the helper, the counselor teacher to come. And he's going to be the one that's going to convict the world of sin and convict the world of righteousness, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. It's no longer man's job to find out, flipping through the pages of the scripture, sorry, what's right and wrong. That's knowledge of good and evil. Right. Concerning what's wrong and concerning what's right. It's the spirit that will do that. Right. And so what role do we then play? I mean, not one of conviction. To right. love. It's right. not our job to like be the prosecuting attorney in the courtroom. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about it, you know, convict them and convict the world of sin, convict the world in righteousness. Um, even get there again, those categories, 
we think righteousness, morality, we think sin, immorality, and I guess those concepts fit in there. But righteousness is speaks mostly to covenant faithfulness, God's covenant faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first context of this is in um, Genesis when God is uh, speaking to and through Abraham. And uh, Abraham responded in obedience and God credited it to him as, as righteousness. righteousness. But it was in the context of that covenant relationship. Mm. So here's Ah, righteousness, covenant relationship, and Mm. it's God's faithfulness to the covenant relationship. So what is sin? Sin is unfaithfulness to the covenant relationship. Mm. So what is God doing? Judgment comes to reconcile. See, judgment, we think judgment is always this bad thing, but judgment comes to reconcile Uh what is lost because that's what that's the whole ministry of christ to reconcile what is lost yeah um for god of reconciliation yes uh, we see it in second corinthians 5 um we see it in the passage everyone knows but never finishes quoting john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life for god did not send his son into the world to to condemn condemn the the world world. but in order that through him the world might be saved the world um, the Greek word for that is cosmos. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, look yeah. it up. The cosmos. Yeah. yeah. It's all of it. His, it's, he, what he is doing is he's saving, redeeming all, all things of it, all of it <clears throat> to himself. So would you say that in love, there's no condemnation? Absolutely. That's why there's no fear. For God so loved. Yeah. For God did not come to condemn. Well, so, that's why there's no fear. Romans 8 begins, there is therefore now no, no condemnation, condemnation for those who are in Christ, Christ. Jesus. Yeah. Um, because because the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin, sin and, and death. death. Yeah. Man. <laughs> right. So there's so much in there. I lo- I'm, and it all stems from that one word, man. Love. 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 Yeah. love. And this is that creating space for people. Like how oftentimes... We, have we been so judgmental that people are afraid or being condemned coming yeah. to mm-hmm. us? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, that's the, that's the whole argument against the church. Oh, well, they're hypocrite. They're this, they're that, they're judgmental, you know, scared to even mention their sins. Yeah. So what right. we do, I'm so, you, I'm so scared to come to you mm-hmm. about my stuff yeah. because of your judgment and your right. condemnation of me Worth. that what do I do? I keep it inside. Fear of I keep the, I keep the disease inside of mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. And, and I don't. And so you you bear one another's burdens, thus you fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. The law of Christ is love, mm-hmm. bearing one another's burdens. But if I can't even come to you because of the condemnation, the hardness of heart, the judgment, we're setting them up for death. Mm-hmm. We're setting them up for death. Wow. And we so, set our we set ourselves up. Our system sets us up for death. Right. I was talking. Yeah. I was talking to uh, Jason about this as we were walking in. I was thinking about it in terms of the pastorate my context. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I do is measured on a metric that somehow has to be quantifiable. I have to report, right. I have to, yeah. you know, and, and we, we say things like snarky little things like, well, living things grow. Okay. <laughs> um, well, and that's nice. That sounds true and, and all that. And it, it has this flair of, of the drama to it. And, and so, well, how do we know if it's growing? Well, let's count the numbers. Let's, you know, it's the three B's, uh, butts, uh, butts in the seat, baptisms mm-hmm. and budgets. Um, yeah. so, or the, if you look at, then you look at Psalm and it talks about he who's trying to, who, who, who meditates on, on mm-hmm. the word, the Lord, the commands of the Lord is like the tree planted by That's, streams of water yeah. who 
whose leaf will not wither and bears its fruit in, in season. season. Yes. So there are seasons <laughs> yes. for counting the fruit. Right. Just because there's not fruit doesn't mean the tree's not healthy or rooted. Right. No, so imagine, get imagine, that out of here. Imagine a new tree that's been planted. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a yeah. new tree that's a new uh-huh. fruit tree that's been planted. You wait, yeah. you wait two years. You're like, man, I can't believe this tree is not producing yeah. fruit and you chop it down. Like that. How yeah. many, how many, how many, church, but you didn't wait. How many church plants ju- are getting shut down and it was just a young sapling uprooted right. from exactly. its and, and think of how many pastors and people that have been in that. Now, what has happened is their concept, this is the church, their concept is the church has this metric. So what they do is they take that metric then and they apply it to their relationship with God. And the unconditionality of God becomes conditional. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Yeah. I've got to right. all of these things because... This is the system we're under, and we mm-hmm. impose it upon God. Um, you know, it, it blew my mind. I'm just starting the book of Romans. I'm not doing the whole book. Um, I'm just doing f- chapters 5 through 11 um, over the next few weeks. But I started in Romans chapter 16, began began with the end, and um, went through, talked about all the women that were in ministry, Phoebe, <laughs> um, who was a deacon, not a deaconess. So. Right. Um, cross off the ESS in your little Bibles because it's wrong. Um, <laughs> I love it. But uh, um, went through all of that, and I was reading these things, and and there's five house churches mentioned in in the, the in chapter 16, and they were figuring, okay, so each house church has somewhere between six and thirty on the outside. Okay. But no more than 30. Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at of these five churches, some have speculated, maybe there was eight, but we're looking at 100 at to 200 most, people yeah, right. in, this, in the city of Rome that is just shy of a million people um, in, <laughs> in a world that um, 43% of the world's population are Romans, yeah. right? So, I mean, this is a big deal. And Paul is writing to these few, this 0.02% percent mm-hmm. of the population, mm-hmm. and um, and he says nothing about church growth. He says nothing about metrics. He says nothing like, "What is wrong with you people? You should be bearing fruit. You're in a metropolis. This is the center of the world." Yeah. And what is wrong? That's not what he does. Yeah. He just he says encourages just encourages them. Yeah. And I think. I, I think, man, what have we done? What have we done to God by demanding these things? Mm. So, and what have we done to Christians who haven't had time to mature because we've demanded? Oh, for sure. You know. Well, I mean, yeah. if I look back on on my church planting adventure, is what I'll call it at this point. You know, I prayed the prayers. I prayed the ignorant. I prayed the immature prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, Jabez. Like, well, well, not even that one, <laughs> but you know, my, it, my daughter, man, you know, she, she will say things and it's as though she's, it's like she, you know, she'll put on it. This is classic preacher with a kid scenario, but she'll put on my wife's heels. Right. So it's this little girl walking in these, these big old heels and it's like, Oh, you know, Hey, that's cute. But it's, it's all it's not reality. The mm-hmm. reality is you do not wear that size shoe and those are not your shoes, but it looks cute for you to put them on and then try and, you know, like. exist like that. Yeah. And so, man, I felt like I was just this young, naive, 
ignorant guy who's trying to to have this large burgeoning you know we used to play we're gonna we used to pray we're gonna be the most or the the first mega church in the hood that's what we used to say god blow doors this sunday like standing room only do this that and the other and we used to pray these things yeah like oh god you know we feel like we're praying big prayers and having big faith Mm -hmm. and the reality was we weren't ready for that stuff Mm -hmm. It was an immature. Can't even love the one. What I didn't even know exactly. I didn't know what it was like, yeah, or what it would have been like, or what you know, whatever the infrastructure, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And it was always like, we got to hit this number. We've got to hit this metric. We've got to hit this budget number. You, you know. And we ultimately we ended up moving the church because we tried to make a strategy move to get more numbers and that kind of thing. And that's really what that was about. Mm-hmm. You know, just I, I, I'm not going to lie about it. That's what it yeah. was. Um, where in that instance, it could have been like, first of all, Hey, we know we're young, man. If we uproot, we might actually kill ourselves right now. Or let's just encourage everybody or get some encouragement in what we're doing mm-hmm. to continue to be where we are. Do you know? And that's like church yeah. planner strategy, go into a city do the metrics. What, what are the people groups? What are the income tiers? Cause that's what Jesus what, did. Yeah. Do the demographic like, study. Oh, I got to go ahead and, uh, do, you know, uh, check the demo- 60% the of people in Wichita. I mean that that's okay to know, but it is basically saying like, Hey, we still have 600,000 people who don't know Christ. Right. Like, what are we doing? Let's go. And what if the metric was, you know, I, I like the practical. I like, what can I do? What if the metric is, how can I love? How can I love? How can I love? And who? And mm-hmm. let's not just let's not just make this idea of how and let's let's create a plan. It's the who, mm-hmm. right? Um, who can I love? And and I, that's why. And I keep going back to it, but that I I just love uh, Dion Gates' idea of. Get close, face to face, face to face, breaking bread, get close, and um, one on one. That's exactly what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the fruit for it. Well, what's what's the fruit? How are you going to measure it? The fruit was crucifixion. So maybe you know you're doing right if you keep getting killed. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. know? you know, um, but another another detail to point out is that you know Jesus came to forgive sins. And he called people to repentance, and mm-hmm. much of that was in the context of changing their understanding of what the kingdom of God was really like right. versus change your mind about your sin, although that happened when they encountered right. his love. But he forgave sins even before anybody outwardly <laughs> repented for them, yeah. and he healed people. And as a matter of fact, he forgave sins and then healed them. Yeah. So it was premeditated. Upon, it was premeditated upon his, forgiveness upon who he was as a person, which was love and yeah. it's incarnate. Regardless, before whether or not you whether even or not ask they, me, whether or not they felt sorry for their sins, you I'm see going what I'm to choose to. But see, even he, but even there, we're going back to that idea of sin is what I do or don't do. It's this personal action. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then why did Christ say that he, we have been given? the ability to forgive sins. Yeah. See, let's talk about that. See, it's healing. Sin is a disease mm. and he has given Ooh. his spirit in us to Dang. bring this healing. 
That's what this is about. If it's right, same context. If it's if it's bound bound on earth, if it's bound in heaven, it'll be bound on earth. You so know. The, but then that just goes back to it. the cure for that disease is love. Is itself. love right? Strictly and that's only. right. Um, With no conditions, no strings. No, it, it and, and and love. Let's be honest. Love is warfare, man. Yes. When you when you make a de- the the conscious decision to deck a declaration to love somebody, you are waging a war. You are, mm. you are declaring war. Mainly against self. War against self, war against <laughs> sin, war against yeah. everything. Right. And then you watch how quickly the enemy comes and, and, and look at all the disconnect, man. Mm. Look at, look at, look at how hard, and it's brilliant. Honestly, he, he's a master. Mm. He's a yeah. master. Mm-hmm. He's a master of, you know, he's he, of the battlefield. He, he, he's a tactician. Brilliant. Well, think, of, well, think about what look, he did look to at the, the numbers. Why, why, why are Christian households more divorced, or there's more Christians divorced than there are people who don't believe? Yeah. Look, the, it's war. It's a war on love. It's a war on the connection because love is connection, mm-hmm. and if he has to get us disconnected, the woman at the well, isolated mm-hmm. from the rest of the group of the women. Mm-hmm. And why do you think you know that she had to go to men to try and find connection? Yeah, it, you know, it just getting people alone, man. That's the that's the devil's ploy. Like, yeah, get the the hurt, the sick that well, are left behind. The only you look at the you look at the herd. Okay, he's he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He picks on the sick, the the outcast, mm-hmm. the one who's not a part of the herd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we Jesus have we spend said, we spend all the this, sick. Yeah, we spend all this time. Good. We spend all of this time away from the flock isolated and we wonder why we're getting beat up by you mm-hmm. know what i mean in, yeah. in these other places man you you want to know who to love those that are hurting yeah that's right who's not hurting somebody yeah, yeah. somewhere mm-hmm. or everybody's got something you know and and look for it jesus looked for it he sought it out. He sought, it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was um, seeking, he sought the lost sheep. He, you know what I mean? He sought event- them out. And eventually they started seeking him out, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Sorry. But, Man, I just, yeah. I, I still keep going back to, I mean, and the reason I keep, the reason I want to bring up, say like, LGBTQ mm-hmm. or it, just because there's this Western evangelical bend and those people groups tend to come under fire. Mm-hmm. So what does that practical then again, look like giving space for conversation without condemnation or judgment? Like, well, I, yes, I would also say be friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that sounds so simple, yet at the same time, that I guarantee it's, tough. It, it's the hardest thing you'll so, do. So let's talk about this then, because the the immediate thought that goes to my head is kind of a typical response to where it's like, we'll cast the wicked from among you. Right. Or don't treat, even, some, don't treat even somebody eat with like, them. No, yeah, don't context. even eat with context. Those context. Context. It's a believer. Right. Context. Right. Um, it, because it, even in first Corinthians or five, repentant yes, or whatever, but even in first Corinthians five, when, when Paul is talking about the dude sleeping with his stepmom or whoever she was, it was, ugh. um, yeah. Right. Nasty he, situation. Yeah. He says, okay, get him out. Uh-huh. And he says, now, 
I'm not saying that this is how you respond to the world. Mm-hmm. He said, this, he specifically said, he said, if this is how you are with the world, then you have no purpose. He mm-hmm. says, I'm saying you stand in judgment within the church, mm-hmm. not within the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, no, those contexts are all of them, mm-hmm. all of them mm-hmm. um, to the so so the it's church. okay. So who then, loves so, that guy? So then it's, yeah, I was going to say. So it's okay that people that struggle in the church to not uh, love them. No, but what does he say? Treat them like a. You remember? I'm quizzing you. Like a tax collector. A tax collector. And how, how did he cheat? How did treat, Jesus te- treat, treat? He went you know, and ate with him. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know you slept with your mom, and you don't want to repent. Let's go have Chick Fil A. Right. The Lord's chicken will set yeah. you right. <laughs> but but it's Brought this idea. By. It's it's first of all, it's cut the infection out of the body, right? The body, this was part of it. Okay. It it was get them out of the body, Mm -hmm. but once they're out here. Restore them gently. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus went after the one sheep. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because a lot of people use that to rectify what they're doing in in other people's lives. Oh, well, I'm getting rid of you because you did this and you're a believer and you did this and this and this. Therefore, and this scripture right here says that we can go ahead and just go ahead and put you outside and like not even eat with you. No, that's not what it says. (laughs) Yeah. The parable of the lost sheep. Yeah. Kind of like the lost coin as well. Right. right? So we've got 99. One is has strayed away. Mm Mm-hmm. Can we say that maybe that one sheep, let's just make the connection. So the guy in Corinthians that was getting expelled, mm-hmm. it, is that a similar scenario sure. or not I, really? Or I, I, Why not? Or is it regardless of what that sheep did? What does it matter? When yeah, is, when is that's God, what I'm saying. When is God done? Condition or unconditional? Right. Yeah, this is... Even this, if... This is the point of unconditional. When is God done with the person? Mm-hmm. Right. That's Let's it. bring it up. Dang, man. Let's bring it up. When I, is God when is God done with the When's God done with the yeah. person? Well, how much should I forgive him? Well, how often is God, t- how many times does God forgive? Yeah, so you know that meme and it's like Jesus preaching to the crowd and he'll say something like love your neighbor as yourself and they'll say even if they have tattoos and he says yes even if they say stupid things or whatever <laughs> or something like that. But it's like love your neighbor as yourself. Well, evil, even if he knelt on a black man's neck until mm-hmm. he died mm-hmm. wow where's that what yeah. does that look yeah. like yeah how do we love that policeman right who did a horrible heinous right. thing who would ever be like yeah come to my church yeah. buddy yeah you remember the story of uh of the uh the guy that in an amish community went in and shot up um the school gunned down a bunch of kids all that it was horrible right um this guy had a wife and two or three kids and the Amish community that had lost their own children not only went to the funeral service Mm -hmm. of this man to support the wife and the kids, but gave gifts, provided things for them, food and supplies and everything. Um, Wow. That, that to me is how do you love someone like that? You serve, you serve. And, um, you let God be God and you can speak truth, but man. So somebody, somebody said, visit in prison and pray. So that Mm. justice for George Floyd, a lot of people wanted all four of those men convicted. That's fine. If that's the consequence, if that's what the law does Mm -hmm. that, and, and that's just, 
you know, if you if you can say that's justice and that's simply punitive justice, and that's what you think, okay, let's do that. Let's get them in prison. But then will you go visit them, mm-hmm. as Christ right. says, to go visit them? Right. Well. You want to yell, lock them up. Will you be there as Christ? Right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You want to bring the wrath and the consequence and the condemnation, but then do you want to respond in the loving act? Wow. Do you want to go put money in his commissary so that he can eat something that's not, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, do you want to do that? That's no, we tough just, stuff we right just there, want, man. We that just, is hard. We just want punishment. We don't, we want the, the person to suffer for what they did. That's it. You know, it's punitive justice is That's what a it. lot of people are crying yeah. for. I know. Yeah. And believe me, I sometimes like there, I've heard somebody put it this way before. They're like, have you ever been watching a movie and there's a bad guy that does something really bad and then they get killed or whatever it is, seriously maimed or, you know, uh, the bad guy and die hard gets thrown off the top of the building. You're like, yeah, yippee Kaye, you know? Um, and what? you, you have, yeah, right. You have this sense of like the bad guy got what was coming for him. Right. And so it's, I've heard people say that's the wrath of God, like bad people getting what's coming to them kind of situation. But this isn't really what we see Jesus saying to do to people while they're alive. He says the exact opposite <clears throat> of that. You know, I mean, we've how should how should uh, what's his name Bruce Willis should have treated Hans at the top of the tower? You know, and think and think about and think about. I mean, I, this is one. Sorry, thing. hold you. I want to hear that. This is so. this is one thing we don't ever or that we haven't thought about. Like, think about that officer. Mm-hmm. Like, think about how he feels right now. Mm-hmm. He's probably overwhelmed with his own guilt, mm-hmm. and he has the entire nation calling for his head to be cut off and put on a pike. Right. You know, like. And his Gosh, family. And his family. I, but then they're like, oh, well, George has... Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he did. Both. Both. So my, you know? yeah, my question like, is it's, like... It's, man, like... When, when someone's you, actually sorry, you know, that's where the true well, test... Because then in, then in your heart, something stirs up. It's like, well, even if he's sorry, he's still, you know what I mean? It, like, you got that, con- you got that conflict or con- conflict inside of you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and what if they're not sorry? You know, but even that doesn't change the mandate to love and that. Sure. Well, for imagine the family and look, I'm not saying I know what it's like to be in anybody's Mm. shoes. That is not what I'm saying. I'm speaking hypothetically, philosophically in this moment. I'm trying, not trying to be non or unempathetic or whatever, insincere, any of that stuff. But just imagine what it would be like. And we've saw this on TV, so I'll, I'll talk about this. We saw the reconciliation. I can't remember the guy who, who died, but the brother wanted to hug the mm-hmm. white woman in the courtroom mm-hmm. to offer forgiveness for having murdered or killed this man. And it was a white woman and a black man. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And it was all over yeah. the internet. And we saw an image of forgiveness, maybe yeah. reconciliation, and everybody was moved to tears and were like, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just makes you wonder if someone were to lead in that act of love, would the rest of the world still desire for justice or could they see forgiveness and reconciliation and be okay with that? This is going to be very cynical, but if someone were to lead in that, they'd get crucified Mm. because that has already happened. (laughs) Um, Now the issue is, is we need to follow. Mm -hmm. Um. And there's probably going to be crucifixions that go with it. 
Um, mm-hmm. They won't look like a Roman crucifixion, but um, but yeah, I, it's going to take people. I, I mean, keeping in the context of the current culture, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be people like Martin Luther King Jr. who never raised a gun but was killed by one. Yeah. Right. Um, it's going to be people like that. Um, and uh, I think of uh, Heroes of the Faith, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, you know, so many others that that uh, that put themselves out there and died, um, died for those same things. So that's what love looks like. Love is always sacrificial. And that's what it costs. That's what it costs. If if it costs nothing, it's not love. Ooh. I mean, that just, um, man. Yeah. Um, it's tough stuff, man. Like when you start talking about this is, this is the thing. Like when you start talking about unconditional love while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Well, what is, again, what is sin? We've got this whole list of law and all this stuff. Jesus comes, he even says, like, you don't even have to sleep with somebody else. You just think about sleeping with somebody else. You don't even physically put a knife in somebody's heart. You just are angry with them and hate them, your brother. Then you've committed murder. Like, Mm -hmm. he's saying these things, even before anybody did any of these things or as they were doing them. Right. Let me, let me just preach this. Cause I love this. This idea is so difficult. So Jesus is hanging on the cross. He is the light of men. He came to his own creation and creation rejected him. They didn't recognize him. They rejected him. They yelled, crucify him. They had hate in their heart towards him. They yelled, murder him. And he was hanging on a cross naked the greatest offense and the most public shame and humil- spectacle of shame and humiliation that's ever existed in the history of mankind. It was heinous. It was ridiculous. And it was towards the most loving being that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. That still exists. Looking at his beloved, they yell, crucify him, crucify him. As he's dying, the greatest offense that has ever occurred on the face of the planet in all of history was met with what? Forgive them. They know not what they do. Tell me what's not forgivable. Yeah. Freaking tell me. Yeah. Come on now. And God, we want want to like make people out to be these terrible people. And they are a lot of people do a lot of terrible things. Don't nail on people's necks and kill them. Please don't do that. Right. But did Jesus die for that? Yeah. And, and it's easy to look at the toxicity in other people and neglect and fail to realize the toxicity in ourselves. It's the planks mm-hmm. and the logs, man. You know, it's mm-hmm. everybody. Everybody is stricken with some form of it, mm-hmm. you know, but we just think that the ones that have more stigma on them or they're the ones that are, are more plain visible to sight are worse for some reason. Or that these yeah. people are these people are worse than me. You know, and I, you know, you think about it, well, at least the, you know, I think about these things in my mind sometimes I'm like, well, I did this and did this, but I never went to prison. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but had I killed anybody, but had I ever been caught, yeah. I would absolutely be in prison. And so we, it's that yeah. same mentality. Well, I never did Man, that. Let, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I've discovered this in myself. I'm some years ago now, I, about three years ago, 
through reading scripture, through prayer, through conviction of what the Bible says, um, and what I was, what I was hearing the Spirit say, um, I committed to a lifestyle of nonviolence. Now that's not a popular, it's not a popular ethical position. Pacifism. No, nonviolence. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, so, and and I won't nuance that right no, now. That's funny. Um, but um, but that said, when I committed to that in principle in my life, because I saw it in the life of Christ, and I saw it in the life of the apostles, and I see it all throughout the New Testament, when I committed to that in my life, what I discovered was. I'm the most violent person I know. Oh, wow. Gosh, darn. Um, and so it's this violence constantly worn within me, like, and nothing had made it so, it, and this is like what the cross does. Um, the cross takes what humanity has done and makes a spectacle of it. Mm. Um, and this commitment in my life made this spectacle of just how violent of a person I was. I mean, mm -hmm. and and am and still struggle with the the commandment that's, increased. Yeah, the trespass. Yeah, that's well. That's kind of crazy too, because like when I stopped drinking, I started realizing, holy hell, you know what I mean? Like I was a full blown alcoholic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like crazy. You know, but like it was only after renouncing it. You know, what I mean? like you were saying, you renounced something and it came to pop. Wow, like you realized, man. You know, that's tough, mm -hmm. you know? <sighs> yeah. I, man, I think there's just so much to say about this. So what do we do, Jeff? Mm. <laughs> Connect. I, I, yeah. I'll I, tell you what, the, sorry, I asked you the question. You go. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, I, I keep going back to it, but. Dion had it right. Connect even though we don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Connect. And go outside. Man, when it was an assignment for me and my grade was dependent upon finding this person, I was able to find him. Didn't take me any time at all. Right. Um, and it was weird. I prayed. I was like, God, I need somebody. And my office phone rang and this person called the office saying, hey, can I use the church fellowship hall for some kind of parenting class? So they called me. So I, I would say if give, you're committed to it. Give me someone to love. Yeah. God, give me somebody to love. Man, that's that I can't rough, love. Bro. That oh. I can't love. Yeah, give me somebody I can't love. Yeah. Or that's hard to love. So that I can. And for some people, maybe listening to it now or later, whatever. Um, and, and I don't mean this with any sort of, I, I mean, it may sound funny. I don't mean it with any sort of humor. But maybe you're married to that person right now yeah you know maybe that person is a the teenager living in your house right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. um you know so and and for those situations man i i don't know you know i, I think about i think those situations will work themselves out we only have to give the space for it you know you say well we don't know well, i don't i don't know what to tell you well mm -hmm. connect and let the connection do it for you because mm -hmm. those things will come out naturally just like just like what happened with you you connected with that lady it came about naturally you didn't have a check go in there with a checklist and now all of a sudden you're friends you you made one simple right. gesture you went to her 
and you connected and the mm-hmm. rest took care of itself. Yeah. Well, but there's gotta be liminal space in there. The in-between, right? When like, uh, like, uh, um, liminal, that was a stupid word. Um, uh, like the wilderness, right? The Israelites came out of Egypt and they're out of Egypt, but they're not in the promised land. They're in this in-between mm-hmm, liminal mm-hmm. space. And I think in the, along this way, we have to make room for that that in-between space. Sure. Yeah. Um, where, well, the in-between space and aggregates, we're talking about space now Mm -hmm. in the soils, the in-between space, man, it's where the roots go. It's where water is. Mm. Mm, Yeah. The spirit, Mm -hmm. Mm. let the spirit fill those spaces. Yeah. That's so good. That's That's super good. So yeah, that's that's, really good. That's what I would say is, is I think what we're talking about, and I kind of mentioned a little bit, but just uh, what I had said was, trying to connect with the humanity in people. Mm-hmm. But I think what I would like to say trying now, to connect with the God in people, the Imago mm-hmm. day where we started, because this is the narrative is that God created man and woman in his image. He had to create both in order to give his image mm-hmm. BT dub. He gave both. You have the image and he looks on his creation the sixth day. And what does he say? It's very good. On his, on it's all of really creation. Good. Right. Not just on humanity, but mm-hmm. on all of creation. So he speaks yeah. a blessing. He, when I looked up the word, that word tov mm-hmm. in the Hebrew, good, one of the definitions was pleasant. Mm. How pleasant, which means it brought pleasure to the father. We go back to that definition of unconditional love. It's a preferential love. It, it brings him joy. Mm. Mm-hmm. To look at us. And he placed his Imago Dei on us, in us. Right. And so who doesn't bear the image of God? Does a sinner who's committed a sin, have they just gotten rid of the potential image bearing? They're just no. not living into the fullness That's right. of the image bearing. That's right. They've subdued the image bearing by taking on another image. Right, what you see is what you become. Beholding the glory of Yahweh, from glory to glory, we're being conformed into His likeness. Mm-hmm. If you're not beholding the glory, you're beholding something else, which is an idol, mm-hmm. and so you then become the idol which you worship and see. It's uh, I I always compare it. Um, my heavy revy, bro. My kids, uh, my kids get this. Um, I always compare it to Venom, <laughs> the uh, oh the, yeah, the Spider Man, yeah, 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 because. This part has become so bound up in the person that the two are inseparable. Mm -hmm. And to do damage to the bad part feels like you're doing damage to the good part as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's sometimes where the wrath of God feels very personal, mm-hmm. but it's because sin has become that personal to us mm-hmm. and he's going after the sin. He's not going after our humanity. He's mm-hmm. restoring our humanity. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, last story I'll tell is I, I remember, um, took my eldest son, I said eldest. That there's my, <laughs> my, my firstborn double that portion. That there's my inheritor. eldest boy. I taught him everything he knows. That's right. The, um, he who will have the double portion of my inheritance. <laughs> so long as he does the blessing under the thighs, right? Um, oh whatever. But um, um, no, I took my, uh, I, <laughs> my oldest son and I went to, um, we were invited to uh, St. George's Orthodox Cathedral. 
um, nice. uh, off of rock and we went and, um, and one of the things that they do is they bring in, um, a sensor pod and they, you know, there's incense and all of this and it's going and they go around, they bless all of these icons, all these images, mm-hmm. um, not idols, icons, um, by the way, um, in the Greek, when we say imago Dei, when God says in the Greek, in the Septuagint, in the uh, Genesis, let us make them in our image, mm-hmm. the word is icon. icon. Yeah. yeah. So this is, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going around and he's blessing all of the icons in the cathedral. Mm-hmm. And then he starts walking down the aisle and here we are standing there and it's very obvious we're Protestant. I mean, <laughs> were you wearing your John MacArthur t-shirt? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Can I put an expletive on that one? Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, I'd, Sorry. Be, I'd be wearing that as underwear. But, um, <laughs> um, so, but, um, uh, now, but he's coming down, he's swinging the sensor pot and, and he stops at wherever there's people and he stopped extra long at ours and, <laughs> and he goes through. But after the service, I went up to him and I said, so can I ask questions? And he's like, oh, absolutely. He sa- I said, so explain that to me. And he says, well, we were blessing the icons, you know, and, and I said, so why at all of the pews? And, and here is my, I don't know how old he was at the time, maybe seven, but the priest knelt down, looked him in the eye, my son in the eye, and he said, I, I did it because when I look at you, I think about God. Mm. <laughs> Dang. And I thought... There we go. There it is. There it is. So how do we find the Imago Dei underneath all of the garbage, yeah. all of the, I don't like what you're doing, all of the disagreement, all yeah. of the immoral. You, you fix your mind on things above. You fix your mind on the good, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's just, whatever's right. You f- fix your mind on, think about these things in your person. Dude, you love the Lazarus story. Mm. It's my favorite. So Christ calls to Lazarus out, out, out of the grave. He says, come forth and life comes forth. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we called out that the death and other people, the life yeah. of God yeah. outside of those who are a, a walking grave. And we can do the exact opposite. Whatever you bind on earth or in heaven will be bound, bound. on earth. Mm-hmm. So we can bind people in mm-hmm. the same way out with of, our words, as, with our as words. we can loose them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We have the power to speak life or mm-hmm. death, man. And out of love, out of love, out of a driving yeah. love for this person, call that out of them, mm-hmm. praying for them to see, can you imagine them. to just see past all of that? And that's what Christ does. He it's sees exactly beyond it what all. it is. He sees beyond Look it all. beyond what you see on the surface. Like he said, this is not where I am or you are. This is not where you will be. You know, mm-hmm. we look at those things and say, well, this is why. See mm-hmm. past that. The mm-hmm. problem is, is we got, we just got a topical vision, man. We don't see past people's issues. Right. We don't see the God in other people. We see the other person. That's it. And these detestable things that I don't like. Why we fixate on that. And it's no wonder yeah. we can't love. Well, what have we been taught? We've been taught to see the sin in people because we've taught, right. been taught to see the sin. See in the sin in people. That's, that's exactly right. We are, we are inundated with that. You know, it's one of our idiosyncrasies. We don't even know that we're doing it because it's been indoctrinated into right. us. And then that plays into like stereotypes absolutely. And, and prejudices it and absolutely racism does. and that kind of stuff too. But what you see, you are responsible to heal. Ooh. Yikes. So, um, man. Because love, because Do if that. you love, love is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Gosh, just to see I have, And what did he say? Stuff. To owe nothing to nobody. You owe nothing to no man except for love. love. 
And when you are indebted to another person, it is your responsibility Mm -hmm. in love Mm -hmm. to that other person. Yeah. Mm. It's not self-seeking. No. It's not boastful. It's not holding record of wrongs. That's what we do, right? We look at a person, we look at their actions, and we tally up everything they're doing wrong. That's the first thing we do. It's the most unloving thing we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we start with that. So we, we start, start we start with, with, with not love <laughs> and then we want, you want to find love? That's mm-hmm. not the way it works. Man. Yeah. You're terrible. Let me tell you how much God loves you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, and let me, let me tell you these things so that you can fix these things so mm-hmm. that I can love you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish and have everlasting life. Man, that sounds wonderful. That sounds like a really loving, giving God. <laughs> I'd like to know more about that. Well, let's talk about how terrible you are. You're totally depraved. You're a horrible <laughs> person. You may not actually be able to know Christ, whether or not you've been predestined or not to know him. Number two. So there's that. Uh, and let's just go on and on and on. In love, he predestined in love, bro. in love, he predestined us. And, and on the cross, when he said, father, forgive them. God's answer implied answer was yes. Um, we don't, we do not have to beg God to forgive us. We only need to receive it. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, we got a little snarky there. That may have been unloving and unkind, but seriously, I get passionate about this stuff. Yeah, I do too. And, and let me just tell you, one of my flaws is that I, I lean towards sarcasm to make light of the situation because it really, it does, it does affect me and upset mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I get but upset about it too. I man. get upset. Yeah, I get upset right? because yeah. I feel like a lot, a lot of things. Again, it's it's a very improper. It's disgusting. It's mm-hmm. disgusting to me, man. I think about it, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. You know, judging another person. You know, this is this is like part of ascension, man. Mm. Partnering with a prison ministry yeah. to get these guys out here. Right. Those are the people, dude. I will take. Do it. I will take those guys all day long over somebody who thinks they have everything figured out. Mm, you know no what I mean? Thanks. No thanks. Actually, I'll take somebody who thinks they have it figured out, and I'll use sarcasm to slay sarcasm to slay them in the spirit. Sarcasm, man, the slayer of theology. But it's it's yeah. true, man. Like Sorry. those are the people Just I want. Kidding. You know what I mean? Because it's disgusting to me the way that we the way that we push people outside the city walls. Yeah, man. You know, we push those people that right. that don't live up to our expectation, and we 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 precipitate. Our expectation is God's expectation. Yeah. You know, gosh, man, it's, it's help disgusting. Us help us. Lord. Yeah. yeah. So well, anyway, on a lighter note, man, I just, I'm challenged, you know, yeah, I, I'm challenged. I'm too. Absolutely challenged. Like, what do I do? Give me somebody I can't love. Oof. <laughs> Give me Oof. somebody I can't love. Yeah. There you go. That's right. And that's stuff. because it's like asking the Lord to take you through the fire. I've done it. Yeah. Jeff, what'd you say? Well, but, but it's gotta be, if God is love, then love as God intends is not love that we can give. It's love that God he can give. Um, so when we so, ask for the unlovable, what we're asking for is God to do the impossible right. in us. Right. We're, we're the bucket, not the well. Right. And, and how can we love unless we love like mm-hmm. that? Unless mm-hmm. we, we cannot give something we don't have. Right. And so a lot of us, right. I, yeah. I would say have we really had an experience and an encounter with a love that has changed us so radically and so unexpectedly, despite Mm -hmm. all of our flaws, not just the Mm -hmm. people that we think have flaws, but every single person on this earth, man, have we had an encounter with the, with, with God 
who has poured a love into our heart that we have no choice but to give it to other people. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm missing in my life. And that's what I, yeah. that's what I want in my it, life. Right. And we spend so much time saying, well, I need my bucket full before I can give yeah. to others. I mean, I've heard this again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the well. Um, wells never come to us full to the brim, right? You never mm-hmm. go to a well and there's water right up to the edge of the brick. Um, what you do is you dip out of the water. If you don't dip out of the water, the water goes stagnant. Because um, there's no water moving. Because there's no water moving. The way fresh water comes in is by water going out. Mm. And so if you're missing the love of Christ, chances are you're missing the ministry of Christ. Mm. Um, and so what you experience is what you give. Dang. And what you give is what you'll experience. Hmm. So I don't know. That's all I got, boys. I'm this is one of those where I'm just kind of left. Like I got to go sit on that. You just leave it, man. You leave it you where just, it's You just leave it, throw it out there and Suck let people. Suck for a while. Go do something about <laughs> it though. Put that in your pipe. Put that in your proverbial but go, pipe. But go do something. You know, I mean, we're going to encounter people. Um, go into Walmart. Walmart. There's no Christians in Walmart. Um, that's a good place to go. Um, but, uh, you know, go into wherever and challenge yourself to look at people and go man to see, to see the image of god see the image of god hmm. um because you can ponder it and you, your brain will blow up your head will blow up yeah um it, mm-hmm. and so it, i think this is love is love is never what you feel love is always what you do and so um hmm. just thinking about this is going to do nothing <clears throat> right but Casey, you mentioned this the other day, but like fruit is fruit. It's not from striving. It's from abiding. Mm -hmm. And so we can't muster love out of, we can't, oh, I'm going to love. Do you know how we get love? Connection. Connection to the vine. Connection. As the branch. Connection to Christ. That's it. Plug into the source. Connection. Connect that was him. a nice plug. Connect to him. By, <laughs> connect to him, and by connecting to other people, because yep. what he said, what he said, man, if you've done that to the least, please, you've done it to me, because that's where I'm at. Mm. Dang. Um, Yikes. Well, chew on that, friends. I appreciate you, Jeff. Good Thanks to be here. With us. Yeah. Yo. Thanks for the invite. Yep. We'll see you guys again. Later. Peace out. <laughs>